Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap the AJP Queen of Mats and talk a little about the UAE JJF Grand Slam. We're going to recap Fight to Win 130 in Denver, Colorado, that was headlined by Tim Spurgs versus Herbert Santos for the heavyweight title. We're going to preview Fight to Win 131 in Richmond, California, and uh, a couple other events. As always in the show, I'm your host, Manger, with my co-host, Emil. How you doing, Emil? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good. This mic is extremely high. It sounds like you're coming off man. of a little bit of illness. Dude, I have been sick for like four days. Jesus Christ, man. Like literally... I was on my ass last yesterday for like 15 hours. I just like slept all day. Like Friday, I took. I was like, ah, I feel pretty bad. Friday, I was like, let me take off Friday. Like and like because I feel like not great. And then Saturday came around. I was like, ah, I'm okay. Like it, I hit, did it. And then Sunday, Friday, Saturday night came around. I watched the UFC and I was like, I, I feel very bad. And then Sunday came around, your body was like, you're going to die now. And I just had a coma for the entirety of Sunday. So I've watched most of Jitsu today. I'm feeling a little better. I went to the doctor. Um, but it's been a rough weekend for me. Sounds like but it, man. There's been some great jujitsu to watch. Yeah, hell yeah. So uh, let's go into news before we get into that. Um, there's not a whole lot of news, partially because I've been in a coma the last two days and not written anything down. But uh, there's one big one big piece of news. Um, the Quintet, the Quintet, Quintet has announced Quintet Ultra, which is going to be featuring UFC team, Strike Force team, WEC team, and Pride team. Yeah, that's fucking bonkers. Obviously, we love. Uh, quintet over here we love quintet rules they have really reshaped kind of like grappling professional grappling um, as viana says you're losing until you win that's right it's it's such a great concept like you know we've talked ad nauseum about it i'm curious to see like yeah who who, who so do they bring? i got an, 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 i was gonna say an argument a discussion online today about it uh-huh. um which was you have WEC has been defunct since 2010 or so, got purchased by the UFC. They have eliminated their light heavyweight division and their middleweight division as of 08. So all your heavier class guys that were in WEC would have to have been in WEC post-2008. That was 11 years ago. I'm, Pride's the, been the done WC since 07. are going to be the smaller guys. Like, right. But I'm saying you got to make your whole division like yeah. your roster and you're missing i mean there's there's people from pride still fighting in the ufc which is a lot less forgiving than grappling so yeah, that's reasonable you know but i'm saying pride has been been gone since what 06 or 07 yeah but Something reem like is that. still fighting roy nelson's still fighting I mean, bellator like, bellator yeah. yeah i'm saying like you have guys that are from those eras but like not a lot of them yeah i mean there's enough and you don't have to be like at your peak i mean like dude we've seen frank Mir fucking uh grapple you know Yep, at Quintet, at Quintet, actually. Yeah, yeah. Chael Sonnen. Like, we've he's seen a, guy, a bunch he's of these guys. guy. Yeah. Back in the day. So, we limited the division. We've seen, we've already seen a bunch of these names. I just think, like, the guys we can think of offhand, like, you're getting big, a lot of big name guys in from those other promotions. And I'm thinking it'd be really interesting so, to see who you can pull back in. That's that's the curious part is if they're going to get big names, which I'm assuming Sakuraba is going to go. And try to get I assume you get Sakuraba. I assume you get Barnett. I assume you get Carluno. I assume you get um, probably Frank Mir again. Like you probably know, Frank Mir. I assume you get a couple of the people we've already seen on Quintet. You probably get those names. You're right, Faber. Faber on WEC team probably. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, uh, probably not UFC team. But he could go either way. But I feel like he was like the dude in WEC. I feel like he'd represent WEC. Yeah, hundred percent. But he's also like a dude in UFC. That's a big name for them for a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see who they end up getting. Um, you know, but if you're gonna spend money, please get Genki Sudo back. Just <laughs> one time, man. Well, I'm I'm just saying, like, if if big money is getting spent to attract big MMA names, we don't know if they're gonna be huge, but we're just speculating here. If if big money's being spent, why not get fucking autos to put in a team why not get you've been talking about this for a while Alianza now backstage with the grappling rewind yeah you're like you want to see marcello like unity autos yeah gf team like i want to well, see flow grappling was going to do it a while back they were going to do uh autos versus gf team and it kind of like was going to happen and then it kind of just fell apart weirdly yeah i mean like one one like team on team like that but like f- having four teams enter a tournament I oh you want to like- see like a quintet style like marcello versus unity quintet style yes yeah with four teams in it for actual jujitsu, like jiu-jitsu oh, these gyms. dudes train together. Yeah, the only jujitsu, like gym, what Tenth Planet does. Yeah, they're the Tenth Planet is the only gym that has gone in there as a gym and had people compete. I agree. Everyone else and has it's just funny, been Tenth, these weird fucking Tenth Planet is always really happy to tell you dude, that they're like they're like man, this is our 
actual team. And right. everyone else is these super teams. Ten Planets, like, yeah, these Dude, are our actual guys. Lloyd Irvin, like, there's so many yeah. fucking teams. That well, they did represent- on Subversive. They did it where they had Lloyd's yep. team. They had uh, Team Tenth Planet. They had Carlson Gracie, and they had they had Lloyd's team without like a bunch of people in it though. Yeah, they had Lloyd- four people on Lloyd's team. Yeah, they didn't have a 45er. Yeah, that they time. also they also didn't have like Muhammad Ali in there. Right? They didn't have a couple of the guys. Yeah, they, yeah, you would kind of expect to be yeah. on that event. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, Muhammad Ali, Shane Taylor, like... Spriggs. Spriggs, DJ Jackson. Jack, yeah, Jesus. Like, that's, that's a fucking ridiculous team. That's a crazy team. Right? Can you imagine U- Team Autos? Autos is... Forget Autos. I mean, Autos, Autos is no like, one's making 145. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have... If they throw in Mendes Brothers, Galvao, you can't, Hulk... You can't throw in, like, Mendes... Like, but you can't throw in guys that are retired. Yeah, I mean, but, like, Galvao's kind of retired. Storm Hickson, fuck it. Yeah, fuck Team it. Team OG Gracie's... No, Mio. But, like, Unity, you have the Meows, you yep. have Murillo, mm-hmm. you have Bones, you mm-hmm. have, like... Just, Cummings. Yeah, Cummings. Oh, oh yeah. my God, dude. So, interesting enough, um, Matt Kaplan, who is going to put on a grappling promotion... Um, in the coming months here, I forget the date. He was on the Grappler Union podcast for Chicago. He was talking about training with Cummings. He was a big training part with Cummings for years, Cummings and Calistine for years and years and years. And he said a bunch of stuff on that podcast about his promotion. By the way, you'll love it because it's got a really interesting rule set, very similar to ADCC. Cool. So I'll, I'll send you the link over if you haven't seen it already. Uh, I talked about him in like Cummings. And Cummings is kind of low-key, like done competing. Well, we've seen that. Like it's like- Well, after the Woke fight, uh, fight to win a while back apparently he's sort of just like man i'm kind of done with this now yeah and he's apparently taking like a backseat role he's just not like he's kind of done what he wanted to do i think he's back in back in his uh, phd program again no shit but this is what i heard and what i Whoa. gathered from the show so i think you would really enjoy the podcast and if yeah, anyone else is in sort of that. the new york like um dirty laundry uh kaplan was very open with it and he talked about that kind of like New York scene that I was interested in, as well as like his super fight promotion and some of the really cool matchups that he has on that promotion as well. Sweet. So that got me amped for his promotion and it was really a really interesting insight. So as always, go check out the Grapplers Grappler Union podcast. There are some guys out of Chicago. Um, they're like one of the few shows that I make sure to listen to like every week. I'm a big fan of their show. Hell yeah. So um Awesome. Yeah, so that was that happened. Well, it sucks about Eddie Cummings, but uh, it does suck. But I think like there's some really cool team Oh, matchups yeah, here a hundred percent henzo's like there's just there's so many true team powerhouse teams now yeah you know that, that we, you could field a team under 550 pounds uh maybe under what the, what is the kilo breakdown I, I can't remember what the breakdown is shit even fucking kyle Terra could field a nasty team damn kyle mike musimenchi fucking um what's his nuts mateus uh oh, fuck why am i blanking on his name no Denise is Garcel, uh, Garcia. What'd you say? Um, you said Kyo. Yeah, Kyo is. Um, oh, God, why the guy with the nasty fifty-fifty armbar? Why am I blanking uh, on his name? Um, We're gonna be idiots here. Anyway, that yeah, guy. smash cut to us looking up the fifty-fifty <laughs> yeah. armbar guy. Yeah. Well, that's gonna haunt me for the rest of the show, Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for news. You anything else you want to keep pontificating on this? Uh, no, I think I think we we covered it. So awesome. So let's move on to the recap section of the show. All right, we just paused the recording. Who was it, Emil? It's fucking Hudson Mateus. I yeah. knew Mateus was in there somewhere. I was just getting... Emil and I both stopped. I was like, we got we to look this up. We paused <laughs> the show, looked it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he can feel, they can feel the really cool team. Yeah. So moving on to the actual the next section of the show. Um, under a recap of Fight to Win 130, this event did... Actually, there's no payout listed for this one, so I'm used to my spiel that I say. Uh, this event was headlined by Tim Spriggs versus Herber Santos. And this was in Denver, Colorado? That is correct. Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this event had a, a bunch of stuff on it, including like a, a ton of fire judo matches, which we'll get into. Dude, let's talk about the judo matches. We will. Um, but versus broadly speaking, I don't know what was up with the mic on this. Like, did yeah, you, it, it was, was like, it was a little clippy. It was clipping. It was peaking. Um, and um, there were times where like uh, the commentary kind of like dipped in and out a little. Audio was a little funny this, this this week on it. Not sure what was up there, but yeah, I. I, I, I Leveled it down a little bit for some of the matches that I was watching. Yeah, I could hear that. So let's move on. To, we'll talk about Spr- Spriggs versus Erberth first. Or you want to move another one? Um, yeah, let's let's start so at the top. Let's talk about the storyline going into this one. So Spriggs, Tim Spriggs, previously had the fight to win title. He had it back. Uh, he won it at Baltimore. And I think he actually lost it at Baltimore too. One of the Baltimore cards versus Gutenberg Pereira. So Tim Spriggs actually has had this title before. 
Then Gutenberg Pereira had it for a little bit, defended it a couple times. Herber Santos came along, beat him with really a toehold, uh, a submission attempt. Herberth has the title. Herberth was scheduled to face Nicholas Margali. Margali pulled out to go on to Spider, which we're going to talk about here in a couple weeks, um, for a lot of money, potentially. And Spriggs stepped in to face Herber Santos to basically get a shot at the title that was previously his. Right. And this match was a match of who can train wreck throw who. You're right. There's a huge size difference here, by the way. I mean, just like yeah. colossal size difference. Uh, match starts off with furious grip fighting. I mean, like, just really explosive. And I was shocked. Like, Tim starts going for a foot sweep. And I thought he was just kind of like, you know, like just doing it to get just throwing it out there a little he, bit. he was like doggedly going after this and mm-hmm. he ends up knocking Herbert down off of this foot sweep that he just keeps going for Herbert mm-hmm. lands on his knees and immediately gets a single leg and takes Tim down yeah so it's just one of those things where like you know being on the feet with Herbert is always a liability like Dude, he's, he's so explosive and he moves so weirdly and so well yeah like he just He's got really sh- more. Than, I think that's to put it, stra- strange movement. Yeah, like he just moves in a strange way for a dude that size. So, um, but both both players were totally content to be standing. Like they. Stood I mean, back the majority up. of the match was contested, and even Herbert hits a train wreck sweep on Spriggs. Yeah, like, uh, uh, throw like it's that. What's the name of the throw? Yeah, train, train wreck. wreck. What's the what's the judo name for it? Uh, it's a. Uh, I know it is like a fuck it's you a, throw. It's a no. It's uh, Morote Seonagi. Yeah, but they don't do it with the drop through. They do it from the side. So basically, they pull it down on the collars and they throw you into like the negative space that they've created where their body used to be. And it's like a really, it's basically, if you do it right, the person basically lands on their face in the mat and you have both their collars. Um, so uh, Tim is spamming the train wreck throw, but he he's having great difficulty off balancing Herberth in the slightest. And uh, it goes on like this for a while. And then in the majority last, of the match, last 30 seconds, Herberth pulls close guard. And um, to to deal with it, Tim does two kind of like weak slams. I wouldn't and really call them slams. Like he kind of starts to slam. And I wouldn't like, call them slams either. But like the commentary was calling them slams and being like, "Oh, this is a decisive factor." Yeah, they were kind, they were kind of slams a, l- a little bit. I I'm guessing that was the decisive factor in in the decision. I think like, he was a little more. He was definitely a little more aggressive on the feet as well. Maybe, yeah. I think I think he got a little little more going. I mean, this, only, is, this is a game of inches in a big the way. The only thing that resembled a submission in the criteria or scoring criteria in fight to win in fight to win were the slams at the very end. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, there's there was nothing else that it looked like. A no, you had attempt. some you had some attempts at activity on the feet, but really like those, yeah, those were the two like submission attempts and kind of quotes there. Right. So I think that because so Tim Spriggs gets the heavyweight title for fight to win. He. He basically reclaims, is the word they use here, reclaims his title for fight to win. And so he's potentially now up to face Kanan. Yeah. Which will be an exciting match. That's a tough matchup for Spriggs. Kanan has looked really good. I think, I don't know, I believe Kanan has a win over Spriggs at, I think, one of the majors. I don't remember which one. I think he has a win over Spriggs, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. So, fun rematch, exciting, I think. Kanan will definitely push a pace, and Spriggs can keep a pace as well. So we'll see how it goes. Interesting. Maybe you can watch it not be Kanan, but like potentially, Seth said, it's Kanan's in the front runnership for that title. Um, yeah. On to the next match, we have Michael Liera defeating Phil Lights by bow and arrow choke. Forty seconds, and that was submission of the night for the Black Belts. There you go. Sorry, I was super excited. <laughs> this was the second uh, of the cold ass barambolos that i saw this night like Word. just like man the barambolo is still like fucking thriving man like it's, i don't care not, what anyone it's says not thriving but it's definitely in guys wheelhouses you don't okay you do not see it like it's 2011 again well no but like and it was just barambolos for everyone you like, just you still see people leading off big yeah, ass matches and, and with you the see guys that use it and incorporate it as a technique now but it's not the be-all end-all that it was in 2011 right but it's definitely like it's still alive and well in guys that can use it and uh michael Lira uses it really yeah well. he uses it really well he gets a belt grip uh and he gets basically straight to the back um phil inverts to involve uh, to like uh, avoid the first full back take and he keeps rolling but michael like follows him with beautiful transition and it ends in with michael in full guard and he michael just liara just hits him with a straight up flower sweep 
like just flower sweeps him no problem phil tries to roll out of the mount and he gets his back taken and that's where liara just fucking Dude, the ba- he gets the back arrow. take as he's getting the back take, he already has the collar in yep. to go for the bow and arrow and change the angle and i was like i don't know how he's gonna get out of this no. and then he just gets a tap 40 seconds 40 seconds that was the entire match again deservedly submission of the night like just liara for the 40 seconds looked dominant looked good Hits the first one, second one combos it off to the back, gets the choke. Beautiful, like, beautiful jiu-jitsu, really great work. I love to see these really technical, quick finishes like this. Yeah. So next match, we have uh, Rossi Snow defeating Vanessa Wexler by armbar. That was fight of the night for the black belt. So this match had a lot of open guard for a while. Um, and uh, initially, there's like a toehold attempt early on, but in the last two minutes, the the last two minutes yeah, is you really had where, problems like, being the day too. Yeah, last two minutes is where like Rossi starts like aggressively passing, and she's really looking for that cross side knee cut the entire time. Like Vanessa starts to play like a little bit of a longer open guard, kind of like a Z, like a out Z shield, and you see Rossi kind of like identify it and start going and start going and start going and at the ending sequence here she throws like a really hard knee cut and then immediately cuts the corner and throws like a door chalk arm bar Basically, well before that like there was this awesome back and forth because uh vanessa gets out of a uh, near pass and throws up a reverse triangle oh, um, yeah, yeah. and then Rossi's able to escape and that's where she initiates that fucking awesome like knee cut pass yeah and into a near side arm bar. The, honestly, I was super impressed with the way that she gets through with the knee cut, is able to control the arm and basically slides the far knee through and then immediately back into the pit of the armpit. So it's basically the 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 leg closest to the torso never actually goes over the body. It's just chalked in under the armpit and she's able to get the arm out. And it's just really impressive. You don't, I don't see a whole lot of passing sequences like this that end with the pass that immediately pops up into the armpit like that. Yeah, it, it was, was really, really good positional work. It was beautiful. Um, is, there so, really fi- is there really fight of that? There's a lot of back and forth here, but that ending sequence, that submission was actually really, really impressive here. Yep. Uh, next match, we have Don Westman defeats Daniel Ripper by choke. Tubby Alquin defeats Karen Atunas by leg lock. Manuel Hibamar defeats Mauricio Oliveira by decision. So this was the first cold ass fucking baron bolo that i saw the first of the night yeah uh this <laughs> off the bat uh mauricio Oliveira just does a fucking awesome snap down with a collar and gets uh Hibamar to like post out on his hands and which is kind of how you would address like when those straight snap downs it's kind of how you need to address it because unless you can get your body in front of it like you're either going down or you've got to make the post yeah you, i mean there was no chance and it came out of nowhere because Manuel or uh, Mauricio Oliveira's hand was off fighting the far hand, and then he just like lightning fast grabs the collar and does this really awesome snap down into a, a Barambolo. Um, it actually ends up backfiring, and Hibamar um, is able to scramble out and starts passing, nearly taking the back, and Manuel grinds out a pass uh, with a back step uh, into quarter guard. And at this point, it's just like, uh, you know, it's. It's Hibamar, like just pressuring, and pressuring, good. pressuring. Like he, he once he got to that, um, you know, um, passing position and then side control, it was over. We see a lot of Hibamar. Like he'll just he'll once he gets past, like it's so hard to get out. Like guys will turtle on him sometimes, but like he's so hard to get out of the side control position. So next match we have Jeff Ake defeating Gilbert Smith by decision. Eric Alquin defeats Justin Downing by rear naked choke. Tiago Pereira defeats Adam Maslock by decision. Carlos Hernandez defeats David Lucarelli by decision. Uh, Tyler King defeats Foster Bailey by heel hook. Jeremy Hastings defeats Evan Barrett by split decision. And Mike Nichols defeats Jose Luis Martinez by decision. On to the judo matches. Holy shit. Additional hot fire. Holy as, fucking shit. As always with the judo matches for fight to win. God Damn, these Dude, fucking matches. Oh, it's funny. They were actually like in the middle of the card this time. They yeah. were like at two and a half Early hours. Early on, like yeah. first third of the fucking card, basically. They are about two and a half hours into the event footage. You can find these matches. Um, and they're definitely worth it. So first match, we have Kedge Zawak defeating Ian Stahuljak by two epons. That was terrible. Stahuljak? That was better. Stahuljak. This was some of the best Hari Goshis I've ever ever seen Just on fight to win. savage world ending fucking Dude, slams, the second like, harigoshi if you're a fan of judo which if you listen to the show you should be a little bit at this point you have flow 
uh, in the event footage, two hours, 28 minutes, 53 seconds, you will see one of the best setups, drive-throughs, and like throws of the Hari Ghost. That second one, that Dude, final that throw. Second one, yeah, the setup yeah, was the fucking se- awesome. Beautiful so Hari Ghost. They are um Kedge is facing Ian and um they're both kind of leaned over a little bit. And what Kedge does is he basically fakes a foot sweep to the far side foot. And, and he's been throwing that setup like the entire night. Ian steps that foot completely backwards. He gets the Kedge gets the exact reaction that he wants. And so now Ian's far side foot is stepped backwards. Kedge has all the space he wants to get his hips in there and basically launch just this fucking unbelievable like this is it's like textbook yeah it's like it's what when you show someone a hari goshi like in competition like oh this is what it can look like and it never looks like that this was a match where it looked like that yeah beautiful it was, like super nice drive over the hips are like thigh to thigh on the turn so that like the person comes all the way up in the air and gets that nice ip on you see seth like for both of them just is like yeah ip on yeah like hand up no question now and anyone the uh a, like a week one like bjj player would un, would see that oh as this is nip on. I understand yeah, like, yeah dude it was yeah. just beautiful work from kedge here like yep. i would honestly i'm super excited to see now he's got a unique name I'm probably gonna recognize it on the uh on the judo results yeah. on the judo like when we preview the judo cards so i'm looking out for looking out to see him in the future the way that he hit both of these with the setup and the way that he's using the grips and the space really really interesting uh fun match to watch and fun player to watch as well yeah, absolutely. So next up, we have Adam Moyerman defeating Toshia Nishimura by armbar, and and that was submission of the night for the judo players. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm a little still a little sick. Not <laughs> I'm still a little rough today. So uh, this was really scrambly uh, match, and at one point uh, Toshia is attacking Adam, and Adam is scrambling. He actually hits an overhead sweep while he's seated. Uh, it looks actually a little bit like a like a seated sume geishi, a little uh, bit, yeah, off of a scramble. And Toshia goes belly down um, once he gets uh, flipped over. So Toshia is now belly down. So not even a full turtle, Mm-mm. but like just straight up laying on like, his belly, like the ju- like the judo way. The fl- they, it's a flatten, right? It's basically, flatten. judo players will flatten out completely to basically prevent hooks from being established in, and it's like to prevent, basically to prevent the score, right? Um, so here Adam steps over into an inverted triangle from the back and he isolates the arm and he finishes the arm bar real fucking quick. Yeah. It's a nifty inverted triangle too. Like that it's uh you can kind of see the angle on it and see him set it up. It's kind of hard to see exactly what grip he has on the arm, but really nifty setup. Um, I'll talk a little bit earlier in the match. Adam goes, uh, something that a bunch of judo players do is instead of when someone turtles, what they'll do is they loop over and they like jump over to grab the far side leg for the rollover to like flip the turtle and go for the arm bar and it's something that i see a lot of judo players do that i don't see a lot of jiu-jitsu guys do a lot of jiu-jitsu guys are trying to get the back all the time from the turtle yeah. a lot of the jiu-jitsu players or sorry judo players are never trying to get the back points for turtle right because it's not it doesn't a, doesn't it's not a thing. thing and so they have that they have this really interesting way of attacking the arm bar from the cross side on turtle and basically they loop their body over and they grab the far side leg to flip the person over and turtle and expose the arm. It's a really interesting way. And you see Adam do it here in this match. And I just thought it was an interesting point to bring up. And I'm just kind of curious um, if we'll start to see, because we're seeing more and more judo kind of interlaced with BJJ as of recently. There's kind of it diverged and it's kind of coming back, I think. I'm wondering if we're going to see more people start attacking uh, the arm bars in jiu-jitsu off that. Or is the back still such it's a paramount just, position? It's just... it. M- m- will always make more sense to get to the back in normal rule sets in a in a fight to win rule set that's not the case right but anywhere else like yeah get the points and then start attacking from the back you get from the you get to have your cake and eat it too you know like it's just really interesting. I saw. I see the judo guys do it. And it's one. It's one of the few. You see a lot of techniques that don't translate over to jujitsu, but it's one of the, the techniques that's really effective in judo. There's a ton. You just don't see. There's I'm just a ton curious of there's... really amazing finishes. Like if you want to learn the finish from the turtle, like attacking a turtle, Dude, a watch clock choke. Just fucking watch judo. Just like if you want to learn that like head over armbar, or you want to learn a clock choke, 
talk to Jujo, Judoka. Yeah. Because those dudes will murder you with a clock joke. Mur- even the fucking, like, even the mounted triangle shit that they do is fucking savage. Yeah, they have some nice setups for mounted triangle, too, which is kind of what we saw here. Yeah. A little bit. But it was triangle, inverted triangle. So, next match, we have Sophia uh, Tysler defeating Savannah Stacy by decision. And that was Friday Night for the Judoka. A lot of scrambles, a lot of back and really forth. Really intense, like... yeah. Yeah, they there were super intense in this match. Like, sacrifice throws, awesome groundwork. Uh, there was a ton of fucking arm bars, uh, attempts, um, counter throws. Like, this was an outstanding this match. This is a really fun match because you saw, like, you got, you got to see both players work. Right. And, like, you saw, like, good throw attempts from Sophia. You saw good throw attempts from Savannah. You saw good groundwork from both players. You saw submission attempts from both players from the back, from the top. It was just, like, a really dynamic match. And, again, I think that's just why it gets fight of the night. Without for a doubt. Because it's just, like, you saw a lot of activity from both players on top and bottom. It was honestly a fairly close decision, I think. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Butler defeats Alex Grace, um, unfortunately, by injury. This was uh, basically Alex posts on a throw. And uh, luckily he has the gi on, but it looks like I talked to Troy Everett about this. Like, what? I watched it once. I was like, cool. Don't need to see that again. Troy, what happened? He goes, oh, yeah, he posted and fucked his arm up. Yeah. So I think he dislocated his elbow. May, may, Seth actually made the breaking motion on the stage. Like, he went, he grabbed his forearm and then he went break. Like, as he was like signaling to the medics. And I was like, oh. And then uh, I think he partially dislocated his arm too because you saw Alex trying to like yank it back in. Oof. So I was like, you are a gangster, sir. So it sucks. Basically, it was just a back sweep. And he like go kind of looks like he went to roll and his hand got kind of caught out there and he just lands on it and it was uh it got it got broke. Ouch. It was also what happened on the one of the purple belt matches we're not gonna get into, but a very similar arm breaky dislocation thing happened as well. So on to the brown belt. On to the brown belt results. <laughs> Shilia Lindsay defeats Mo Black by rear naked choke. And she becomes the fight to win brown belt bantamweight nogi champion. So Sheila's back entry is really fucking dope. Uh, she basically, um, so uh, Mo takes Sheila down with an awesome arm drag knee pick combo, and um, Sheila is in close guard. And Sheila opens her guard, and Mo stands. And Sheila basically, uh, she inverts to saddle, keeps going, and lands in the bear trap cast slicer, and then takes the back. Mm-hmm. So this she sat out in like the kiss of the dragon entry for like a little bit there. So kiss of the dragon goes in between the legs, and she went outside of the legs. Okay, not so, but that that same like where you end up at the end of kiss of the dragon, where you're behind both calves yes. with your shins. Yeah, the baby bolo position. Yeah, baby bolo position. Yeah, and she sat there for a minute. Yep. So not, not actually a minute, but like for a couple seconds there. So the um, the the motion that we're talking about is I don't know if you listeners have done this guard inversion drill where you have a partner who's standing and you basically invert <sighs> and spin all the way around them. I fucking hate that drill. Yeah, that's what actually, that's, I hate the drill. My back's really bad, and like I, I see the drill, and it caused me pain to watch the inversion motion over and over again. But you see people that are really good at like bolo players. You see them just like run this drill. And well, like, that's what this. She just yeah. does this drill on Mo. Sheila does it on Mo and takes her back. And so Mo stands, and Sheila does an amazing job following. Keeps her hands on the hips, is able to pull and jump into um, to get the hooks in. Back mount gets the back, gets the short choke. It was like really quick, like really just like you saw her back, path the choke, choke finished it wasn't yeah. a whole lot of like she did a really jo- effective job of getting across the neck and under the chin like very quickly kind of in position just really really good i'm excited to see sheila basically defend this title now because i think mo has most had the title for a little bit now i think i think this is her i want to say this is her second defense i'm kind of speaking out of turn there because i don't recall but i know that we've covered her a bunch of times on fight to win i think she's had this title for a while so it'll be super exciting to see sheila defend the title in Sweet. the future. So, we have Emil Fisher defeating Bruce Bugby by straight ankle lock. And he retains the fight to win Masters Brown Belt Light Heavyweight Nogi title. Dude, Emil Fisher in this match was playing Paint Me Like One of Your French Girls. <laughs> also, I know Emil Fisher was light heavyweight. Yeah. I thought he was like I, 80. I thought I, he was like an 85-er. I, I would have assumed that too. But I guess he takes a page out of, uh, you know, Nick Diaz's fucking playbook here and just... So, uh, it, we're, what we're talking about is, uh, <laughs> if you've ever watched the Nick Diaz fight, when he fought Anderson, Anderson Silva, Silva, yeah, and he laid down in the middle of the octagon and did the paint me like one of your French girls pose, uh, that's what Amir Fisher did for the yeah. big point of this match. But it looked like he was trying to bait the north-south, and he wanted to basically invert off the north-south or enter from the north-south onto the legs. Like, that is so... Uh, like. 
There's nothing more irritating than He's like, letting being north guard. south and being like sweet, and then some motherfucker inverts and takes her back. God, I have a win competition damn via that. You're a no, no, it wasn't. It was because I was shitty. Asshole. It's because I was shitty. He got me a case of Katame, and he kind of went to North South, and I just took his back off it and choked him. And it, the footage looks like it's being played in reverse because of how dumb it looks when I'm doing it. Um, but I had to be super frustrated with that guy because he was fucking me up the entire time. But Emil Fisher does. It, he just like doesn't do it like he's obstinately. He just sort of like is actively looking for the legs or looking for an entry to the back. And this is how he wants to do it. He's not really concerned about the guard work. He's not really concerned about getting past. He sort of just lays to the side and accepts because he knows he's going to invert and go for the back of the legs. Yeah. So so they fight the heels, they fight back and forth. And um, I think at one point, Bruce kind of gets like a uh, heel hook or an ankle lock going and Emil kind of lets go, but eventually he's able to get back and just goon a straight ankle lock from kind of like outside 50-50, I think is where it ended up, and uh, gets the tap and retains his master's brown belt light heavyweight title in Nogi. Sometime we really got to do like a top 10, our favorite goon finish. To, like, like it, was, it wasn't that goon, but it was definitely just like... I mean, I'm not saying that this one is, but I'm just saying in general, like, because let's, let's be real. Let's be real. We love technique, but we also love fucking gooning oh, i love at, i like, love goon finishes more than almost anything. but like, so what happens is, what, what i say goon finishes because emil like they were going back and forth on the feet and then like emil has to stop his footlock attempt to address a footlock attempt from bruce and then the next footlock attempt he gets you see him like lock it in just like go for it i was like okay you you, you didn't want to play this game anymore you went for the finish there um we should make a top 10 end of the year top 10 goon finishes in 2019 i agree that would be awesome uh keep going emil Brian Pierce defeats Bobby Ryan by toehold. Trevor Palmas defeats Robert Lamori by armbar. Derek Alambaugh defeats James Mikas by heel hook. Joshua Sasuda defeats Douglas Cuomo by decision. Ricky Furioso defeats Daimar Ortiz by decision. Fabiana George defeats Gabriel Joy Gomez by decision. <coughs> Bojan Velichevic defeats Ryan Casey by decision. Jalen Reyes defeats Lucas Nabucco by choke. I also think this is the first time I've seen Fabiana compete at a brown belt. I think she was previously purple belt. I think she was on Quintet as a purple belt or EBI. I think it was Quintet as a purple belt. Uh, she was on the 10th Planet Women's team. I think that's who that is. Hmm. On to the purple belt results. Mike Esparza defeats Stephen Fletcher by Ezekiel. Jimmy Rice defeats Austin Brinkner by Schultz choke. Oh, sorry. Austin Brinkner Schultz. By choke. Not a Schultz choke. Right. Nick uh, Gamez Ramos defeats Brian Brescia by Omoplata. Dylan Dewberry defeats Michael Argaropoulos by straight ankle lock. This is why you read the names, man. I was not going to get close to that last name. Walker Madden defeats Tim Colvin Jr. by armbar. Michael McCann defeats Eric Sains by armbar. No submission of the night for the purple belts. Christian Reyes defeats Kit Krupp by Runaked Choke. Carlos Espinoza defeats Andy Benal by decision. Brandon Ferguson defeats Derek Nye by decision. Anna Mayordomo defeats Garcia defeats Cecilia Rose Hatchcock by decision. Uh, Jonathan Wilson defeats Caleb Crump by decision. Jaden Mueller defeats Courtney King by decision. Dave Lopez defeats Daniel Pacheris by decision. On to the blue belt result. Tyrell Anderson defeats Joey Godinez by face crank. So that does it for our recap of Fight to Win 130 in Denver, Colorado. Uh, anything else on me? Oh, man, that's it. Awesome. On to the next one. So one more recap of the AJP, UAE, JJF, Queen of Mass. This is the first time that the King of... that the UAE JJF, the AJP Jiu-Jitsu World Tour, has run a women's Queen of Mats event. Uh, we love coming the King of Mats, and so we're going to cover the Queen of Mats because it's an awesome event. Yeah, so there's six competitors. Um, they are broken into two groups of three where they round robin. In, in the first group, we have um, Bianca Basilio, Ana Rodriguez, and Misa Bastos. And... Um, Misa ends up losing both of her round-robin matches, so Bianca and Anna Rodriguez progress into the semifinals. In Group B, we have uh, Amal Amjahid, Talita Alencar, and Luisa Montiero. Talita Alencar loses both of her round-robin um, matches, so Amal and Luisa progress into the semifinals. So the first of the semifinal matches... We have Anna Rodriguez um, defeating Amal Amjahid by points uh, four to two. Anna at one point comes up on a 50-50. It's hard fought. Um, and then she stands up and pulls guard again. So she's 
just going for the sweep. She wants mm-hmm. to rack the sweeps up. Um, Amal goes hard on a rolling toe hold that Anna has to defend aggressively at one point. She gets um, a lot of ads, Amal gets. Um, so she's doing really well. At one point, actually, uh, we watched her do that really awesome um, kind of like X-Guard sweep. Yeah, that was nice. Um, uh, so that's Amal uh, sweeping Anna. Uh, I think she, I, I don't know if that's where she scored or if she just got the ads. I actually slowed that down. That was really cool. Cause I'm, it was actually really hard to discern what was scoring and what was not because there was no commentary because this was uh, off of... Stop the table, man. Okay. Antonio... Uh, what's his name? His name is Antonio... Uh, Zanella, Zanella on the YouTube page. It's really honestly he's the man. For he is posting awesome. this stuff. Like basically, we have videos um, of the discreet Queen of Mats matches because Antonio uploaded them. Yeah, they are impossible to find. Uh, on yep. AJP. I reached out to AJP and I have not heard back from them as, as of the point of this recording. Um, but so we're not sure because we thought they were going to broadcast on Flow, and then they're not on Flow. So I'm not sure if they're going to be uploaded to Flow or what's going on because I understand that. UAEJGF has our agreement now with Flow through 2020, I think 2021, to broadcast the event. So I'm not sure if thank, that is starting in 2020 or thank God, man, what's like, going on. Because uh, what we have is they have a mat footage of... Yeah, Antonio basically of, did mat well, footage. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, like, AJP has released mat footage of, like, raw mat footage... Of the Grand Slams. Of the Grand Slams. Yes. But the Queen of Mats... There was no discrete matches, and that was really frustrating. Um, so, yeah, awesome. Uh, so, yeah, to get back to the matches. Yeah, if you want to watch the matches, go find his YouTube page, Anthony uh, Zanella. Antonio, Antonio Zanella. Zanella. Uh, he's got some great stuff for all the UAJGFs. It's honestly how we've covered them for the last two or three times. I think two, yeah. At least the last two times because um, he puts that footage up, and I cannot thank him enough for putting that stuff up because – uh, there's really great matches I get to see. Yeah, so um, just a strong case for flow grappling. You know that they they have we've not had this problem when flow grappling was handling it. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, Anna ends up finishing it um, again, scoring off of multiple. Sweeps. Yeah. So if our points are wrong here, it's because we weren't able to see the final uh, uh, scoring cri- criteria. Um, What's scoreboard. The, the scoreboard. Thank yeah. you. Wow, I'm having a rough day right now. The final scoring scoreboard at the end of the match, so we're kind of guesstimating what we think the points ended up being. So uh, next up we have Luisa Montero defeating Bianca Basilio by short choke. So Luisa is super dominant. I mean, like mm-hmm. at one point she hits like an awesome tripod sweep. That was, a, that was an awesome sweep, by the way. She, she uses like the um, the pistol grip on the bottom of the pant of the same side of the pants, and then basically slides in and then goes to the far side leg and just lifts up and pulls the leg in with her foot and comes up. Like she did some really great like tech ups in this match. Yep. That I was very very impressed with her ability to like like tech up, maintain position, sweep turn angles like i was super impressed with the performance here yep uh so that's a good way of putting it like luisa basically gets a lot of sweeps in this tournament um just by doing really good tech ups with strong grips um so uh luisa also hits a baby bolo later on um bianca re-sweeps and luisa begins coming up for a standing sweep and bianca to to maintain her balance puts her hands to the mat in the wheelbarrow position mm-hmm. and Luisa's, that's what i call it at least basically where it's like someone's trying to take you down and they have one or two of your legs and in order to not get swept you basically base out belly down but you do a push-up basically on your hands and you're like you're playing the wheelbarrow game and there's this match and there's a mice bastos match from the um grand slam from the grand slam that happened this also happens and that we'll talk about that match in a minute here because that was a fun match but it's just a really funny position that we saw a couple times this weekend uh, so Luisa immediately jumps on the back and gets a short choke, and like it was weird. Like Bianca was raising her hands, like almost like a. It looked like they'd kind of gotten off the mat. I think time ran out. I don't think it was if she finished the choke. I think time ran out off the mats is what happened there. Um, again, I couldn't really see the scoreboard with exactly what was happening, but it looked like she was up on points. She sort of throws the choke in as they're kind of scrambling off the mats. I think Bianca was looking for a reset. But and that's why I think she kind of threw her hands up. I wasn't exactly certain what we were looking at there. So um, Luisa takes that um, potentially by submission. Um, I don't think it was a sub. I think it was points. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, you so, me, you, if you're on the audio, you can't hear. Mill just gave me a look. 
Uh, Luisa Montero defeats Anna Rodriguez in the finals um, by points four to nothing. Uh, Luisa hits a nasty Toriando, uh, gets to Neon Belly briefly. She can't settle there, but eventually she takes the back and hands there for like four minutes. Long time. While attacking. And in the last 30 seconds, Anna reverses into top guard. It is a dominant run by Luisa. I mean, she's just... Absolutely, she savage. looked really, really good in these matches. I was, I was very, very impressed with her performance. Her ability to kind of get in and out of space, tech up, get around the legs, like her grip management was really, really good. Super impressed with Montero's performance here. Again, deservedly queen of the mats, the first, yeah. the inaugural. That's a big deal, AJP. Dude, you're the inaugural champion of like this story to promotion and story event like that's super exciting for the ladies and the matches like they lived up to the fucking hype dude like, they this were so good and the grand slam like let's talk about some of the grand slam we talked about the wheel Peros, um the wheelbarrow position and Mysa bastos mm-hmm. um I forget exactly that was a fi- that was a finals match for the grand slam it was uh it was Mysa bastos and uh Brenda Larissa Larissa and she's a brown belt yeah and so UAGGF combines the brown and the black belts together and so Brenda was giving her like problem problems but like it was a very contested match it was even and then Misa starts I mean, to kind of take the match we saw Misa really deploying her amazing guard in order to try to contain Brenda a lot in this mm-hmm. match and you know Brenda was doing a great job at the very least stably passing and threatening yeah. Misa enough I mean, she scored she scored multiple points on Misa right which is very yeah. very it was impressive. four four as up a, as a brown belt four four into the last 15 seconds of the match yeah crazy and this is where shit gets buck wild and mice is like hell no mice is like oh i gotta win now and that that's that champion level like caliber black belt Do you want to talk up. about that end sequence you talk about it Emil. okay so basically um uh you know mice is they're they're in almost like a, a scramble position and um uh brenda ended up, ends up going to that wheelbarrow position mm-hmm. and mice just like fly kicks her in the butt launches her forward comes up and like jumps onto the fucking back. Basically. Like, it's fucking unbelievable. Like And then she, they roll through and Mice ends up on top. Basically, she ends up getting uh I think it was a sweep point. It wasn't takedown. She had two points for it. And in the last like dying seconds of the match to win her the match. And I think it was because it's gonna be considered a sweep from bottom position, not a takedown, because you can't get taken down from your hands. Right. I and don't, so well either way, uh Misa gets the two points in like the eleventh hour for the win. Yeah. It was awesome. Super impressive. Honestly, go back, go back and find this match. It's called Final uh, Grand Slam Rio. Misa Bastos X Brenna Lart Dorisa. Uh, super impressive. Super fun match. It was a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. Another amazing uh, Grand Slam Finals match. Izaki Bahens versus Charles Negramonte. Uh, Izaki Bahens. Great fire. Yeah, amazing match. Um, uh, Bahens takes it. Uh, by points 10 to 6. This was an amazing fucking match. Uh, this is the third weekend in a row we've covered Izake. Um, he had two fight to wins, mm-hmm. and then yep. this one. He's on Grand Slam now. Yeah. Um, so this match is fucking fire. The crowd is a lot. Like, you can just hear the crowd absolutely going mm-hmm. nuts. Um, Izaki jumps guard and hits a dirty scissor sweep. Um, Necromante. Dude, that scissor sweep was amazing. Like, yeah. the way that he throws that, he does it almost with the hands. Like, I know there's a lot of hip motion in there, but I watched it. I love I love that, this particular move. Like, I, I like a lot of stuff that Pence does because, like, it plays into a lot of things I like to do in my game and I'm trying to learn about. So I try to kind of tape study him a lot. This is a really great match to watch him for, like, a lot of things I'm looking to do. And so the way that he hits this scissor sweep is ludicrous like i can't i it has to be negromante like leans forward a little bit and hence like just leans under him and like off balances him with the hands and like switches his hips as he comes up it looks effortless pulls his pulls negromante's base out from under him it's but it doesn't it doesn't look like it's like he pulls him over hard he just like hip switches from a straight on in the guard and gets him over it's beautiful it's really awesome um and there's another great takedown here that Behens hits. He basically well, hits like that Lucas Laprie, like coming into you with the outside foot reap and knocking you down with the collars and lapel. Like that happens in this match. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit. Negromonte hits an awesome tech stand up sweep and nearly takes the back. So, uh, one thing I want to talk about this match is that there's 
there are lead changes in the points, which uh-huh. makes it really exciting. Like, be, like when yeah, it's Hens truly back and get forth. This and, I mean, finish it, Hens finishes 11 to 6 at the end of this match where Hens wins 11 points. He he ends 10 points, but it looks like Negromata had like an illegal grip on the pants in the dying seconds they got a penalty for. I think they each had some penalties going into the end, so he gives Azaki a point for that. But it wasn't always behind the entire match. No, exactly. It's it's one of those rare matches where there's really good back and forth lead changes. Um, Negromonte hits an awesome timed bridge to so um, Izaki is able to to scramble out of the um, tech stand up sweep and he lands almost in like a knee bar position. Like he's kind of like he ends in reverse uh, half guard. Basically, is what I call the position. Yeah, reverse half guard. I love that position because I knee bar people all the fucking time. Well, what's been. what's amazing is like Negromonte is in that undesirable position on the bottom and he hits a beautifully timed bridge to sweep mm-hmm. and he is just like just completely on top they end up standing up Izaki snaps into a knee pick takedown and uh Izaki starts turtling furiously trying to pass eventually Negromonte stands and Izaki Izaki jumps guard and the crowd starts booing yeah which was like hilarious. I was kind of impressed I was kind of like like confused about that. I'm not sure if it was that match I think, or they were doing another match. I think they were booing this one. Um, I think just because the the back and forth, well, maybe they were booing another one, but the back and forth was know. so the good. The booing seemed weird to me having seen the match. I was like, why are they booing? This is like, I've actually, like, I, I had a feeling that it was another match or another bad decision or something maybe. like that because like, I don't know how you would boo, but yeah, they boo right as he pulls the guard. I was like, why are they booing now? Like, that's so weird. This is a fire-ass match. So, Azaki is like, you know, I think they're, he's, he's either um, down or tied at this point and he knocks. I think it was 6-6. Six, six. I think <laughs> this is, Negromonte had scored. They were even 6-6 six, six, and, and it, then Azaki starts to kind of run away. Yeah, so Azaki jumps guard and then he knocks Negromonte over by hooking the leg with his arm and eventually comes up for the sweep and yeah, from that point on, you know, um, then it's Azaki's match but it was an awesome back and forth. Yeah, it was a really fun match. King, final King of Mats, Azaki, Braz, Bahens, Bahanis, X Charles Negromonte, good, a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't got a chance to watch through. I've watched through a couple of the other finals matches. I just haven't got enough time, basically, where I'm not super sick and can comprehend things. Uh, there's one match I want to get to: Victor Hugo versus Patrick Gaudio takes place. Haven't got a chance to watch it yet. Uh, there's some other like finals uh, matches. There's some really great matches. On. Leonardo Sagario and Isaac Dodderland. Did see in the that finals. match? Yeah, that was fucking awesome too. Um, <laughs> Leonardo ends up actually taking that. Um, Which I was kind of surprised about. Like yeah, we've, seen Dodolin, we've seen Dodolin look really, really good in the King of Mats and the AJP rule set. We've seen Dodolin be able to hang with the best. Yeah, like consistently. Consistently. And he has, he has some missteps here and there, but like uh, it was a, it was honestly a really fun match. Like, and, and Sigourio gets it like the last kind of quarter of the match. He's able to get it done. So, uh, yeah, definitely go back and watch a lot of these finals matches. They All of these finals matches are people that we are now seeing headlining super fights and big cards and main events. And they're people that you're going to see because it was the Rio Grand Slam. You know it's a big deal. Um, the Rio Grand Slam is one of the UAE JJF's biggest events, which is why they chose to probably start the king, the queen of mats here. Um, I think their other big one is in Abu Dhabi, but the Rio one is always huge as well. So. Right. Great event. I had a lot of fun watching it. Anything else you want to talk about at this one? Any other finals matches you want to go through? No, that's it. Awesome. Um, as as per usual, uh, AJP is like you know my favorite key event. So um. it just has it has a rule set. Like there are very few stally matches. Yeah, like it just we're doing. Happen. Another, I feel like we're gonna do another rules episode here coming up soon, like a bonus episode or something where we talk about like rules and differences and things that we like and things we don't like. We've seen um, things we've kind of thought about in the last like six or eight months since the last episode, maybe. Maybe sure. in the future for that, but yeah, King Matt's always or UAEJJF always has like a really action packed way that they run the event, so it's a lot of fun to cover. Hell yeah! All right, that does it. So on to our preview of Fight to Win 131 in East Bay. Uh, it takes place in Richmond, California. This one is main evented by the Future versus the Savage, Tyra Tolo versus Wagner Rocha. There's a 20 year age difference in this, and uh, this should be a good matchup. Yeah, this is everything about this is fascinating. Um, like Two not only ADCC veterans, fourth place and second place, Wagner Rocha at 77 kilograms, Tyra Tolo at under 66 kilograms for like the last time ever. Um, yeah. as, as I cut you off for no reason twice in a row. Yeah, no, I mean, as we, that's a good point. We just saw them at ADCC. Uh, they both had awesome fucking runs. Um, Ty Rotolo coming out of fucking nowhere. 
Um, like and- we'd seen him before. We'd seen him West Coast trials. We've seen him like killing the juvenile scene and like other stuff. But to see him on the world stage, ADCC made us take note. Like, oh, this sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old's really, really, really good. Yeah, fucking took it to fucking dude. You could not have made me hype for a sixteen-year-old matchup or seventeen-year-old matchup versus like a guy like Wagner Hosha, unless it was Nikki Ryan six months ago. Yeah, now. I'm hyped for this matchup. Yeah, Ty looked fucking awesome. He took it to Paulo in the fucking ADCC. And, like, you know, even even the way that they're billing this is different. Like, they're we're seeing their actual promotion stuff saying the future versus the savage. Like, yeah. they, are, they know that there's a weird story here. It's a compelling story. Yeah. We want to see how this turns out. You know, we want to see the limits of, you know, Ty Rotolo, what his potentials are. And I know, feel, the cool thing about this, I don't think we'll see his potential. Like, we, we're not even close to seeing what his potential is. We're seeing, like... Well, let's see what happens when fucking he faces up against Smash Mouth motherfucker like goddamn Wagner Hosha. Like, he... We know Wagner. We talk about Wagner all the we fucking do talk time. About Wagner all the time. This is like that should be like our subtitle is like Grappling Rewind Podcast, comma. We talk about Wagner Hosha. Like we that, do. Like Dude, we called him Mister Competition for like all of 2018, like half of 2018. We called him Mister Competition because there was not a week that we were not recapping or previewing a Wagner Hosha match. So this is really going to test Ty Rotolo's like you know mental toughness, like in a way that maybe you other guys that he's faced probably have like because other people like he's faced top level black belts yeah like we saw him at ACC, like meow like word like and he's faced and he's beating top level black belts like but it's different when someone is fucking like like just when, grinding when, when someone you, is Wagner like, host sharing you like we've seen other top level black belts kind of like wilt a little bit versus the way that Wagner Hosha operates. And I feel like First, Wagner Hosha is going to respect Ty here and like not going to play down. Oh, I'm, I'm fighting you know, like a juvenile or a kid or someone who's 17. No, he's like, going he's he's to face him like he would face any other competitor, any other black belt. Exactly. I think that'll be really interesting to see how Ty deals with that. And for some reason, I have a feeling like Ty's not going to wilt. I don't think that. so either, but like it, you know, it's going to test him for sure. And like we know, here's a couple things about um, about Wagner that make this a huge mental test. The first is that motherfucker does not tire. I I do not remember Mm-mm. him ever looking tired ever. Nope. He's always comes at the same pace. He's always smiling at you, and then occasionally he's not smiling at you. And That's you're like, those oh, are scary is, moments. Bad Wagner's that thing. happened against Dante Leon where yeah. he stopped smiling, and I was like, where he's oh, like, fuck. Smiley Wagner to like upset Wagner. I was like, oh, Wagner looks displeased. I would not want to be Mr. Leon right now. <laughs> that is absolutely true. And the other thing that he does is he gets in your head. You know, mm-hmm. like he, Wagner... And especially in the fight to win Wool set where they oh, play it a little, like, a little loose with what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. Like, Wagner will continue to do something that is or isn't allowed until the ref basically indicates, hey, you can't keep doing that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I might say something from a game perspective, like, again, so we don't have any other names uh, in a list for who is on this card for Fighting Win. There's some posters that are up for other matchups. We know Dan Dykeman's on here. We know that Nick Green is on here. We know that Cole Franson's on here for this card. Um, but I want to talk a little about these two, how you think their games will match up. We've seen a, I've not seen as much of Ty's game as I would have liked to going into a matchup like this to kind of preview it like this, but we're really familiar with Wagner's game. Really pressure-heavy on the feet, likes the interlocking hand grips, like really isn't probably going to pull guard, probably going to aim to take you down. Um, we've seen Ty Rotolo wrestling look good but he definitely has the ability to get taken down i think wagner's a guy potentially we could see take him down a couple minutes into the match i think wagner's definitely going to go through the feeling out process that he does where he's going to be aggressive on the feet lots of pressuring on the forehead lots of like messing with the hands and like poking at the body and really like trying to get in your head i think he's going to spend two minutes doing that because 10 minute match fight to win yeah right main event i think it's eight or ten minutes poking his head yeah. Then I think we'll see him probably get a takedown. And from here, it'll be interesting to see how Ty's Darce game plays into this. Yeah. Because we saw him almost Darce. Um, Kennedy Maciel. Right? Twice. Like deep fucking Darce. Yes. And Kennedy showed his toughness and got out of him. But it'll be interesting to see. Because I, f- I feel like Wagner's probably going to be able to get the takedown. Like the guys at Atos work a lot of the wrestling. But Wagner's just a really. We don't see him taking down a ton. Or like cleanly we receive value taking down cleanly i feel like his scramble game is really really good too and at that black belt he has that black belt level scramble game i was just running back in my head trying to figure out how uh we saw tyratolo lose to 
Joao and to Maciel. And then I just remember that he lost to Joao in the third place. But, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, Paulo. Um, Paulo, yep. Uh, and anyway, it took me a second to remember that. But yeah, we, we saw him, like, you know, the, the Atos guys are fucking versatile, you know, mm-hmm. like in the Nogi. And, and people tend to forget that but like the mendez brothers have a fucking nasty darts game like they like people do not remember that but you know we saw we saw ty get go there very quickly and the thing is about the darts is that comes off of scrambles uh-huh. oh it and is, he's also got really long arms he's got long arms he's got a fucking amazing guard mm-hmm. you know like you know i the way i see this going is i see um I see Ty relying on his guard at least in the beginning of the match, mm-hmm. um, and Wagner pressuring, and that's the the question will be is for can, some reason I feel like Wagner's going to get to the back. He's gonna I feel like he's going to try to implement. He's going to try to take the back of him, especially he's probably being a little bit of the bigger player, a little bit stronger. He's probably going to try to force those positions. I would be surprised if he took Ty's back. Uh, we saw him take Tequino's back. The guy that won ADCC, I want to say we saw him do that within two months of ADCC in their matchup at Fight to Win, in that 50-50 battle we saw him do. Like, if you can take Tinquino's back and then Tinquino can win ADCC, like, I'm not going to say you can't take anyone's back in the world, especially in the weight class. Yeah. He is, and you're able to get there on a former how does world he? How does he get to the back, though? Probably in a scramble. I feel like... I feel like the scrambles, like, again, like... That's actually where Ty is going to be pretty fucking because dangerous. he has the darts game. Yeah, just think about scrambling with someone with fucking long arms and a good fucking darts. Like, it's kind of dangerous. It's it's very dangerous. That's why Kennedy fucking found himself there twice. And yeah, really quickly too. Really fucking quick. Although Kennedy was like hanging his head out a little bit. Yeah, and, I, don't, I feel like Wagner's not going to do that. As yeah, because Wagner's just been at that level, at that like that top top black belt level for a while now. I feel like he's not going to kind of do some of the things we saw Kennedy do and lead with the head I, as much. I don't see Wagner getting around Ty's guard. Like, you I think, think that's going to be kind of the impasse. Yeah, I think that's try be the Ty impasse. trying to sweep and throw up subs from the guard. I don't think so. No, he'll he'll try to sweep. Just, I don't think just trying to sweep from the guard. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we're go- so Wagner probably gets the takedown. Ties in the guard, yep. playing guard, and you think that's probably where the match ends? I think. Well, that's that's where a large portion of the match probably going to get or match is going to be played. It's my get. This is all speculation. Yeah, this point. is you know, but we're at the, at the preview section of the show, and we have two names right. that are in the main event. Yeah, like, and we just saw these guys at ADCC. Look, let's speculate a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit, not based on speculation. Yeah. Talking about things we've seen in the past, but. I think it's a really compelling matchup. I would not be surprised if we saw Wagner get the back, get the body triangle, throw the python in, and we see Ty have to deal with that for at least a little bit of the match. That would be curious to see, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see how Ty kind of adjusts to that. So I, I would honestly... I'm going to give the edge to Wagner here just because experience. he has that experience. And yeah. it's always hard to bet against experience. But Ty proved me wrong at ADCC. And I think he can definitely hang with Wagner. And it, honestly, with how he looked against Paulo, wouldn't anyone else? Me. Anyone else would have lost a leg. Yeah. Like if that dude that deep on your leg, wouldn't surprise me to see him take a decision win here. I doubt he's going to sub Wagner, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him win a decision based on like some activity and some other like potentially a Darce like a deep Darce attempt that Wagner like doesn't smile his way out of. Yeah, but absolutely. Super hard match to pick. Um, Super excited for it. Anything else you want to talk about for this matchup? No. The Future versus the Savage. The other love is getting built like that. Yeah, right. So I think that does it for uh, for the previews for uh, Fight to Win 131. You'll move on to like the outro? Yeah, let's do it. So what do you got on this week? Uh, I got, I'm still fucking anticipating Spider-Man. Spider's going to be coming up. fucking awesome. We got the rest of the names too this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a fucking stellar cast. Actually, do you want me to pull that I up? I would like you to pull that up. I don't have it pulled up and my mouse is all the way over here. All right, yeah. And I can't get Just to like it. already, it was uh, absolutely fucking Do we have matchups announced yet or no? First round or not yet? I don't think they've announced I think we the have bracket. all the finals for the names that have been released now. I here know. we go. You got them? So um, we have the... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. As I lose my fucking... We have a meal coughing <coughs> in the mic professional. Uh, under 100 kilogram, we have... Hadol- Wait, is it 100 kilogram now? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was 76 kilograms. Nah, dog. We have Rodolfo Vieira, Claudio Calasanz, Nicholas Marigali, Leandro Lowe, Anderson Muniz, Kanan Duarte, Herbert Santos, and Tim Spriggs. Fucking Christ, dude. 
That's insane. Like that's a crazy lineup. That's just. That's, oh, you know what? I think we did see a bracket. I'm because uh, I remember we were talking about that with Josh. Did we see a bracket? Yeah, we did because um, Josh, Josh and I were in the group chat talking about um, finals. So um, I think. Oh, you're right. Opening opening match. I'm just speaking off the top of my head. I remember uh, Kainan has Leandro Lowe. Spriggs, uh, I thought. No. Uh, it's Kainan versus Leandro Lowe in the, in the opening match, I think. Okay. Um, but um, here, now the under 76 kilograms. No, it's under 100 now, isn't it? No, there's we have an under 100 and now under 100, under 76. So it's just if you're between 76 and 100, uh, get fucked. Get fucked. All right. So under 76 kilograms, we have Mateus Gabriel, Jonathan Alves, Gabriel Arjez, Encion Jung, Levi Jones-Leary, Shane Jamil Hill-Taylor, Edwin Najmi, and Mateus Lutes. That's fucking bonkers. Like That's pretty crazy. Any of these fucking guys are like, like headliners anywhere else. This is basically a condensed like world's level fucking tournament maybe even adcc level tournament so i pulled out the bracket then actually yeah. you're right you, we had a bracket up okay so we have um for the under 100 kilograms we have kainan duarte versus leandra low okay you were right we have Rodolfo Vieira versus anderson muniz on the other side of the bracket we have tim spriggs versus nicholas marigali spriggs versus marigali that's what it was and claudio Calasans versus herbert santos so yeah what josh and i were talking about was um kainan marigali yeah, that's how we see it going. Man, because like, the dudes, dudes, well, dudes are so hard to beat. The big X factor is Adolfo Vieira. Yeah, the big X. Yeah, because dude, we've seen him once at Black Belt CBD in 2018. We saw him beat Muhammad Ali pretty handily at Black Belt CBD. We saw him beat Kit Dale at the time. Like, he's a huge X factor because he's, he's so gone to MMA. He's been primarily nogi for the last five years, but we see him throw the gi on as a one-off and beat Muhammad Ali, the current 2018 world champion. Yeah. Like he's a big X factor. Like him versus Margali is a crazy matchup. Him versus Kynan is a crazy matchup. And potentially we could see it versus either one, even him versus like, we're going to see him. Um, yeah. We can see him versus Herbert. Like, he, yeah, he's a huge X factor for the for the tournament. I think it's. I'm super excited when more information comes out. We could preview it. Uh, when's that happening? Uh, that's November 23rd, I believe. Oh, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, just it's a, right a few weeks away. So you'll be uh, here for that, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he was like, "I'm going to cancel plans. I'm going to come back, <laughs> do this podcast." Yeah, no, I'm I'm absolutely doing this. We should get together and watch that. Actually, I, we should. But the question is, what time will it be? Ah, uh, it's Korea time, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So if it's if it's at a normal fucking time, yeah, I'm 100 percent down because this is. This if it's is at a weird time, we'll be texting Josh because Josh will be up and watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is just I'm I'm excited for both fucking brackets. Um, incidentally, let's talk about the under 76 kilogram. Like you know. All of these names are amazing. Mateus Lutes is one of the guys that we've talked about as just a really thrilling fighter to watch, um, even though he's still at the uh, brown belt level, I believe. Did he get promoted? In big quotes. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I think he's still brown belt. I think he's still a brown belt. Um, Shane Jamil Taylor speaks for himself. Levi Jones Leary fucking speaks for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the the one that we want to talk about is Inseong Zhang. So uh, we were talking about this in the group thread, you know, talking about, you know, how when you say the group, they were talking about like, the grappling rewind yeah. thing. Uh, we have a Discord that I never pimp. Um, I'll probably tweet about it this week. If you want to talk about grappling there, we have a Facebook page group in the Facebook page that's open public. You just got to like basically ask to join it. And we have a Discord that I'm active in and I post some stuff in occasionally. Um, feel free to chat with us if you want to talk to us about grappling. Like, Do it there. Yeah, absolutely. So In Seong Jung is, we saw him uh, at Spider um, fucking take it to... Um, uh, so Joao, I think it was mm, yeah, it was, one uh, of them. Yeah, so I believe yeah. it was Joao. I think it was Joao. Um, in fact, uh, I'll look it up. Keep talking. Um, this was amazing, and that it was, was Paula. It was Paula. It was Paula. Sorry, okay. Um, so Inseong does an amazing job in this. Like he he surprised us, and I remember he surprised Keenan. Keenan was uh, commentating. Uh, That's what he was talking about. I remember this. Yeah. Yep. Um. So Keenan was doing an amazing job commentating, and he was like like impressed at at Inseong's stability in Paulo's guard mm-hmm. which is fucking notorious I mean like Notoriously no one wants to be off balancing right no one wants to be in fucking Paulo's guard um and 
and Insang loses a very close rest decision to Paulo, but he can fucking hang with these dudes. Um, so uh, go back and watch uh, that old spider. Go back uh, and watch the first spider in preparation for the second spider because it's awesome yeah. and you should. And we're going to be uh, super hype about it for the next like two weeks as like it as more stuff comes out and we kind of finalize all of our prep for the event because it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a barrel of fun. Yeah, these just absolutely stacked with fucking talent. Um, you know, it's basically like a mini fucking ADCC Pretty or much, a mini yeah, world. But in the gi, level. it's a mini ADCC in the yeah, gi. Absolutely. I think it's ADCC because the weight classes are smaller. Like, right. I mean, or sorry, they're bigger. So you have like all your talent stacked in like two divisions. Right. Super exciting. Super looking forward to it. Spider puts on a great event. I cannot wait to watch it. And you it. basically get to skip immediately to semifinals and finals, right? Like, right? Isn't that like, awesome? It's dope. It's what we cover anyway. So yeah. it's. So that's awesome. Now, you anything else on that, Emil? That's it. All right. Anything else for the show? No, I'm good, man. All right. As always, we are the Grappling Rewind. I'm your host, Maine, from the co-host. Emil. And we will see you on the mats. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show, and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes, and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time, and thank you.